Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast. I'm well, we sitting with Andrew, uh, recapping uh, the the weekend that was here in in uh, Husky Hockey, and it just uh, I just got a chuckle after we got the uh, the wonderful soundbite uh, from Brian Nadalski uh, after last weekend, and then uh, this weekend, well, we didn't get a quote from him, you know. Um, you know, probably because I didn't reach out, but I would assume again, uh, his, his, uh, whole uh, mantra and everything that would come, uh, kind of come to pass. Uh, he'd say something along the lines of, yeah, but we got a score. Yeah. That's, uh, that sounds about right. Huskies get swept, uh, up against, uh, Minnesota Duluth. That, that series is officially locked in, um, for the first round of WCHA playoffs. Um, we knew obviously it was going to be at Duluth and we knew obviously outside chance um, that it was going to be at the hurt, but you know, all the signs point to it. And when you don't score a game, a goal uh, in a series. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's going to uh, make it pretty hard uh, to, to try to leapfrog somebody in the standings. So uh, let's talk about the women uh, in, in, in that series. Uh, we obviously are not going to have a lot of goals. Uh, to talk about um i might have a little uh penn state shot counter um a little leaning on that during one of the periods on on friday's game but um i don't know just my whole thoughts uh on the weekend i was just just frustrated we weren't able to put something by um either of their goalies as they played both um uh, both goalies up for duluth so it was just a little bit uh a little bit frustrating that we couldn't um you know, get generate any type of offense. And it's just been more of the same as we run through the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, you're shortchanging the Huskies actually. I mean, he said that they got swept. That was a zero, zero tie on Saturday oh, and a shootout win. That's right. I mean, which is damn good considering you scored zero goals in the weekend and all three swept. and all three of the shootout. Yeah. That's all... the secret. You just got to wait to the shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, why couldn't surreal have scored on the penalty shot in overtime? Cause exactly. that would have at least counted as a, as a pairwise win. Um, yeah, it's getting frustrating. I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of, yeah. cause it's not a lack of offensive push. It's, it's outshot them both, both of these games, I think controlled possession for the most part. I mean, there was two odd ones. There was, like I said, the penalty shot in overtime. There was no shortage of chances, but but yet not able to finish chances in a goal a weekend that you give up one goal uh-huh. and you don't get one win out of that. And it's just it's it's getting to a ridiculous point here. I mean, that was the on Friday. That was the fourth one to nothing game that they've been involved in this year. Um, two of those being wins and two of those being losses. This is zero, zero tie. I mean, no goals, no, no game over two goals in this now nine game winless nine streak. Game? Nine, nine, nine. Uh, tie. 
yeah, here, just score two goals and you might've swept them. Like that's just the, uh, that those are the razor thin margins that we're talking about here. And, and it's becoming the narrative of the season and the fact that on the outside looking in and now officially going to be on the road for the rest of the year, ain't going back to the herb for, for real games anymore because they're playing at Bemidji this, this coming weekend and then up to Duluth again for round two, but round one of the playoffs, round two of the, uh, second half of the season trips to Duluth standpoint. And let's hope you, you get down to the frozen face-off final face-off. I don't know what they call it, but final face-off, I mean, final face-off. Let's hope that they get down there, but let's just hope they scored effing goal. Let's, let's, let's yeah. keep our, our, our targets here reasonable. Like you'd think a bit of an elixir to your ills here would be facing a, a bad Bemidji team. But let's keep in mind those games they played earlier in the season when St. Cloud was playing some of their best hockey of the year, those weren't blowouts either. It was fairly tight affairs with the Beavers. So can't take them lightly. If you want, I mean, you're at 500 right now. Exactly. I mean, there's no chance that we're getting Wisconsin ruled out here because if they fall under 500, uh, that'll do the uh, nail in the coffin for you. But just need to get some positive momentum going towards the postseason as as we're we're heading into it here and i mean as you mentioned both goalies played in for duluth this weekend a notable exception for st cloud this was the first weekend of the year where the split did not occur between chobak and ahola chobak getting both games chobak playing spectacularly i mean in a weekend where uh you don't score any goals except in the shootout I think it's an easy pick for my pal to give this one to, to chill back this weekend. Cause we don't even have to have any, well, you know, she only played one of the games. No, this one's all chill backs. Yeah, um, definitely. And I just, I wish it would have, would have, um, she would have been rewarded with the W in at least one of these games. Again, shootout win. We don't really count those. So, and pairwise it's a tie. So yeah, frustrating because again, this team is, is right there and just an inability to capitalize on a wealth of scoring chances is what's doomed you in this, in this dry spell. Oh, again, it ain't over. Uh, and so we, we still have the time here. You got to get off the mat, take care of business against Bemidji. And then hopefully you play similar. I mean, you don't have to play all that different when you play Duluth the second time you just need to pop in your chances when you have them. And, and that's been a, a tough task uh, of late. And so, yeah, that you're, you're talking about that. Was it the second period on Friday? <laughs> just a, uh, an anomaly. I think that was, they probably, I don't know if it was a different score. It so, had to have been scorekeeper. Like, like, Hey, you take out, I got, I got to run over to the other side of Amsoil arena for, for a little bit. You take over the shot counter for the second period. And they, they just, they took that oh. as it's shot attempts. Yeah. Not shots on goal. I would, I mean, I, I was, I'm willing to say, I thought that St. Cloud was playing, playing better, like outplaying them. But when I saw it, it was like 30 shots on goal, like late in the, second period i'm like i i don't think it's been that much offense 
And so, yeah, that one was a little uh, a strange occurrence. I, I feel like the shot total was accurate on Saturday, and they, they almost got 40 shots on a goal, including the overtime. So, yeah, like I said, the possession game and the, the amount of scoring chances certainly are not too few and far between. Again, this is a team Duluth where you really match up well against as far as this is like the same exact team, basically, facing off against each other. Duluth just literally scored one goal this weekend and was able to get a majority of the points. It's, it's frustrating to, to put it lightly. Yeah, it was, you know, going back to Cholbeck, I've been, I, I, I don't think I've, I've clearly made my thoughts known that Ohola I believe is the better goalie. Um, but you know, we haven't heard anything about any type of injuries or maybe it could have been a revenge, you know, factor of her getting to play both games against her old team. But I, I got to say, like, throughout this last stretch of games, I mean, she's been phenomenal. A whole uh, a little yeah. bit weaker. I wouldn't say that she's been terrible by any means. And obviously our defense, I think, has been still fairly solid for the most part. It's just... You know, it, it feels like every shot that we get, we're drilling it just center mass right into the goalie's gut. Um, and it, you know, we had some power play opportunities, and every time I was like, okay, this is the chance, this is the chance, this is the chance. No, no, no. Um, you know, fairly good movement, but just not able to put it away. And then, yeah, on on Saturday, Soriel's got you know that uh, breakaway gets um, gets tangled up. Ends up getting the penalty shot, which I thought was the right call. Um, but I'm, you know, kind of always in favor of going on that side of it in those situations. Um, attempts to go five hole, get stuffed. So again, it was just more like ah, we're just we're just not going to get through this whole series, you know, with without it. And 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 then we get to the we get to the shootout there on Saturday, and and I'm just kind of going through it. And, 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 and looking at, you know, who we've got going up on for the, uh, for our shooters, Gentry. Okay. That makes sense. Zimmerman, um, who thought she had a goal in the third period, um, that they were the second period. I think it was the second. Is that the second? But yeah, Yeah. they reviewed that beat the goalie, but beat the goalie just clanked off the post. Yep. Um, uh, so when I don't know if she went back to that move or whatnot, but ends up uh, beating the goalie, which was originally waved off, but she celebrated as it was a goal. So I was kind of like, you know, fool me once, shame on right. me. I very much was like, I'm not buying it, Laura. I love your optimism. I don't think so. And um, but they reviewed it, quick review, and they were like, "Yep, that was a goal." And judging by our camera angle, we, I mean, we couldn't really see and. Uh, we didn't have the overhead angle, so um, that was judged pretty quickly. And I was like, "All right, sweet, we got we got them both." And then uh, Sofiana Sunwin comes up, and I'm just like, "Really?" <laughs> and I, I had very much of a Kyler Kupka type of a situation where I know I know Sunwin is an Olympian. Uh, she just hasn't scored a goal all season, so we're gonna put her out here you know, kind of in this instance. Um, and maybe also a little bit had, you know, went into that 
situation to where nothing is on the line, literally nothing doesn't count different in the pairwise. We can't move up in the standings, you know, throw her out there, or maybe she just has the best moves in the shootout, which she clearly made it. And I was like, wow, you know, all season, we haven't seen that from her. And uh, to, to see her kind of put one away and get, get the, uh, the shootout victory there was, um, uh, it was, it was good to, it, it was good to see, um, but again, I was just kind of like, uh, we didn't, uh, I like, it was just, I, I wish we saw maybe a little bit of that spark there sometime during the game. So it was just unfortunate that uh, the series had to go the way that it did. Yeah, I was uh, a little surprised by the uh, personnel there. I mean, only one other shootout this year, and that was at, at home against the Gophers uh, in December, and that was one where the Gophers won. I think they got the first two goals. No, so they were two for one. And then St. Cloud missed both of their opportunities. That was Gentry and Himmelrova. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, at least at that point, Sunderland wasn't the uh, uh, shootout whiz that she proved to be, at least in this game. But yeah, it's just, um, I'm... I'm, I'm and not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I'm I'm looking forward to next year to see, well, just to verify if um, Delmonico exists. <laughs> um, but what if she's pretty good next year? We're going to look at that and say, you, you really could have used that this year. I mean, yeah. because not like there's other candidates. If if, Brent, if 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 not for me to just be a little bit vindicated, <laughs> and I don't know if you are just high as a kite, but you got me really psyched when when we landed that recruit. And yeah, as we we're mentioning, Sunderland, another freshman with with a goose egg uh, with goals this year, a couple of assists. Remember, she started the year I think on the top line. She's playing with Himmlerova in that Union series, and so she kind of looked good off the bat, but then. Very quiet of late. Greta Henderson, also a, a freshman with just one goal this year. You know, we've got the uh, grad students. Um, you know, players like Kaufman have been uh, valuable. Bowlby had a little run there in the first half where she was pretty good. I just had her stats up because I was like, when's the last time Bowlby scored? And yeah, it was That's, December 1st. Cold. December yeah, 1st so- at Ohio State. Um, which was that, uh, that big two to one win. Um, she had the first goal and also who scored Greta Henderson scored in that game. So I think if you, you go back, uh, throughout the roster, you're going to see a lot of second half swoons Mm -hmm. for players because that's just where, I mean, talking about the, the nine games here, not scoring more than two goals and getting shut out in three of them. Just the four goals against Mankato, three against St. Thomas, those aren't like, look at the results that those two teams have been against the top echelon of the conference, or only scoring four goals on Mankato is kind of an outlier. But those are your, that's your high watermark um, for the second half. Everything else been two and under. Yep. And again, I, you're not giving up a ton of goals here you're, or in, in these games either. You haven't been blown away. Some of these scores, and, you know, are lopsided because of empty netters from the other mm-hmm. team. These have all been winnable games for the most part, which is doubly frustrating. Haven't been outplayed by any means. You're right with all of these teams. It's just, it's hard to win when you don't score. 
I I did the math, and over this stretch of nine games, the Huskies have um, scored an average of one goal every 54 minutes and 12 seconds. So counting the overtimes in there too, counting the overtimes. Yep. I did have to, because I, when I tweeted it out, I said, uh, uh, 53 minutes and some change, but then I remembered I had to add on the five minutes that, uh, this last overtime. So yeah, 54 minutes, 12 seconds. Uh, that's not going to win you a lot of hockey. Nope. Nope, so. unfortunately it's not. And like I said, season's not done. But it's just it's it's disappointing that it's had to come to this. Um but you know, I, I it's not like I'm I'm angry about it. It's just again, I, I feel like it's the, the the margin for error here is so thin that you just flip a couple of these results over the last month. You could be right back where you were at the end of the first half inside the pairwise gate. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's still a possibility of that. It's just get the, that chances of that are getting more remote uh, by the game. I mean, these ECAC teams the clump of them, it's six, seven and eight with Cornell and St. Lawrence and Quinnipiac. They keep kind of treading water. Like I've been waiting for some of that movement to happen, but they've been holding serve for the most part. Like of, of the ECAC teams, Colgate's the one that's kind of been on a dry spell of late. Um, but those, those three fringe teams are, you know, doing what they need to do. They're getting the job done. You can say mostly the same thing with Duluth. I mean, they're, we mentioned too, like they, they're worse than St. Cloud against the top three teams, the WCHA. They'll have a chance to turn that around a little bit this weekend against the Gophers. It'd be a huge series, I think, for both teams. But you know, it's I, I it would still surprise me if if it's five ECAC teams and three WCHA teams. But I just expected Quinnipiac or you know St. Lawrence especially uh, uh, to to drop off, and they just haven't. But mm. it still is possible. But you, you can't get into that until you you, you jump to lose, which is your your closest rival the pairwise and you have a chance to do that uh in two weeks but it's frustrating because you had a chance to do that this last weekend yeah played a good enough defensive game two times to put yourself in good position to win these games so uh let's hope that we at least just see some offense come alive against Bemidji this weekend Mm -hmm. um again I can't be super confident about that but Bemidji is a terrible team so if it's going to happen at all, it should, <laughs> but let's remember the last time, the last time you played a terrible team, St. Thomas, you lost to them. So, and that was at St. Thomas. So it's a road game. You can't take anything for granted. So let me get to three. I'm not even saying blow them out. Just get to three. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that I'll I mean, two goals with these goaltenders. I, I would getting back to what you said about Chobag versus Ahola. I would agree. I, I still think Ahola is a tick better, and it's reflected in her stats. But Chobak in the second half, I think, has come up more clutch. Yeah. And I do think that there is a motivation factor there with Duluth. I remember you at the, the end of the first half when we were kind of making predictions. You said 
St. Cloud's going to end their season with Chobac in net. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, so do you mean that they're going to play her in the playoffs? And you're like, yep. And I just, I, I was like, I think when, if you're going to make the NCAAs, I think you're going to want to ride one goaltender. And at that point I was thinking that goaltender was going to be a hola as it's turning out now. Yeah. Your season might end with Chobac. Cause I, I'm assuming they'll probably go with a split this weekend. If not, maybe they'll give a hole of both because Chobac got these two. But I would assume in Duluth, it's going to be Chobac or nothing. I think yeah. she's going to start both of those games or or all three if you get to that stage. And she's earned it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're both. <laughs> it's they're both at nine forty and a little bit of change save percentage. Yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing more that these two goalies can do to put you in a position to win. Yeah, the fact been doing that you're just at five hundred now is. It's, it's bitter. It's a bitter pill to swallow because you've, you've done enough, I think, to flip some of these results just with a, a, a tad, a skosh more offense. Did you read the, uh, rink live article about Avery Farrell? I did not. Um, they had a little bit of an interesting, uh, tidbit of there. Adolski was talking about how originally he talked to Avery and kind of said, um, that when she, you know, was in the transfer portal and was going to transfer over, like, right away, Adelsky was like, you know, you might have to sit this year and, you know, have take a red shirt because we got a lot of really strong players coming in. Um, and then he said that Sour Play and was like, nope, we got to put her in the lineup. So I did kind of wonder if... Maybe uh, Delmonico was originally going to play, but then, and then Avery was going, uh, Pharrell was going to redshirt, but seeing Pharrell, they kind of switched that game plan. So, uh, I mean, it didn't didn't need to be those two players. I mean, we mentioned earlier, there's other candidates to have, I mean, there was candidates at the beginning, you know, we brought, we took the redshirt off of Bray uh, at the point at the midway part, part of the year still sort of doing the, you know, with him, Larova too, there's, there's not been a full commitment on, she's mainly still playing a point. Um, so it's, you're willing to bring a player like that midway through the season and plug her into the lineup in a position, I should say that isn't necessarily a weakness defense. Yeah. Um, but you weren't willing to do that at the forward position. Now at that time, they were going through a, quite a bit of injuries. And obviously Grace Wolf being out for the season two hampered yes. even more so. Yes. So Yeah, there's a lot of factors. I'm not yeah. saying that you plug Delmonico into the situation. Again, he's the hockey coach. You're the guy I mean, with the mic true. on a podcast. Although so, I will also say that I kind of wish he'd jumble the lines a little bit more. Clearly what you're doing right now isn't working for for this last half of the season. You should season. get uh, get together with Brett yeah. for some coffee. Yeah. And Brett will tell him how to shuffle it up. <laughs> yeah. The virtues of not of not having a set uh, um, number of lines and yeah. and the line mates being set in stone. Yeah, let's. I, I wouldn't be against um, changing it up a little bit. Um, just want to see some good results. Let's let's stop the streak at nine. Mm-hmm. We don't need any further streak. And again, get some positive energy going towards the playoffs and beat Duluth 
like I think you can. Like you can, exactly. So, But we'll get to that next week after we find out how they do in Bemidji. Yeah. Because if they drop one of those games, I you're saying, I'm not really angry. I might be a little angry <laughs> if that happens. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a different... Uh... Uh, a different take. Um, you know, speaking of Bemidji, obviously, you know, one one win, um, a four to two win against St. Thomas uh, back at the end of January. Um, that's their only win in the second half of the season. I'd like, you know, I, I wish I could take that as a point of, <laughs> you know, a notch against them when you know ours isn't too much better than that. Uh, but you know, they've been on the the wrong side of a lot of lopsided scores 10, nothing against Wisconsin, seven, nothing, nine to one, 11 to one. So like you said, they've been that, shut out. They've been shut out 11 times this season. Yeah. They had three in a row that and they, they scored two against Mankato the last game. They had three straight games that they hadn't scored. And then there was a four game streak, um, straddling the new year and into January where they didn't score in four games. Uh, St. Cloud shut them out earlier in the season. As I mentioned, those games were tight. I mean, that three, nothing win on Saturday, it was a whole is one of her many shutouts in the first half, but that was just a one, nothing game going into the third and one, nothing game, 10 minutes into the third. Um, I remember this Abby Thompson for Bemidji and net had a really good weekend that weekend. I'm like, yeah, at least Bemidji's got a good, a good goalie. But as you mentioned, some of those scores has not been close, you know, nine goals, two and two, nine goal performances at Minnesota in December, the 11, 11 and nine given up at Ohio state a couple weekends ago, seven and 10 against Wisconsin. Um, you know, wow. this team has been blown out. Thompson doesn't have a win this year at zero and 12 and an eight sixty six eight percentage. So that might have been her five Super seventeen Bowl. goals against. Yeah, it's uh, this is not a good team. And you're mentioning like uh, with Chobak, the reunion tour. We've got a couple of former Bemidji players with uh, Anik. Mm-hmm. Is it Larson? I think I know that there was two of them for Saint Cloud that um, were former Beavers. So maybe they can channel some of their returning to Bemidji energy and uh, help them. Uh, turn the page, flip the script, whatever the analogy is. Let's get two wins this weekend and then set our focus on Duluth after that. Yeah, but yeah, that's... it's we was mentioning this, the St. Cloud Duluth series. That's that's set in stone. The top six positions in the WCHA are all locked into place. The only battle right now is between Bemidji and St. Thomas. Bemidji in seventh right now with St. Thomas at eight. St. Thomas plays Mankato this weekend and Mankato's, you know, sixth and not great. St. Thomas has beat him already this year. So it's possible that they could jump it. It doesn't really matter. All that really matter. All that will result in is who gets their ass kicked to Ohio state and who gets their ass kicked <laughs> to Wisconsin. Cause yeah. both of Bemidji and St. Thomas, those games won't be very close in the playoffs. So it's kind of a moot thing, but it's kind of interesting. I mean, one week to go, we basically know what our playoff matchups are going to be. And it takes a little bit of a sting out of the upcoming Wisconsin-Ohio State series in Madison this weekend. I would still, I would suggest tuning into that. That could be a national championship uh, preview. I mean, it it was the national championship game last year. And I would still think they're the two best teams in the country. And so it'd be really nice if that, if there was like a possibility for 
Wisconsin to still hop them, like if that had first place on the line. But as it is, Ohio State has locked up uh, the uh, the regular season title. And the Minnesota Duluth, the Minnesota and Duluth series also has some big implications. Duluth, as you mentioned, they're at ninth in pairwise. Yeah. So they can make a push here. Getting them, getting a, a win at least would help them perhaps move up, uh, depending on the other ECAC teams that we mentioned that are on the inside of the bubble at this point. But also for Minnesota, too, I mentioned Colgate, kind of some recent stumbling. They had lost three out of four games here. Three out of five, I'm sorry. When they lost to Yale on Friday, that actually slid them beneath the Gophers. For the, They were in fifth, and the Gophers were at four. The Gophers lost again on Saturday to Wisconsin. Flip that around. And, and that's a big matchup, too, because the four and five – you, that's that's your regional final right away. And whoever is the fourth place team in pairwise gets to host that game. So a big difference between four and five. It's the difference between hosting the tournament game and going on the road. And so lots, not, not anything at stake for the Gophers in the WCHA standings, but in the pairwise, those would be two big results for them hanging on to the fourth place advantage. If they lose a game and, Colgate uh, wins this weekend, uh, Colgate could hop them again. So it looks like that top five in pairwise is pretty much set. It's just the uh, the seeding, the order uh, of those teams is still up for grabs, but pretty big drop off after five in the pairwise. And so looking at those top five teams, and it's going to be interesting how the um, jockeying for seeding all shakes out. Obviously, we've got one week of regular season, then we got the conference playoffs. So it'll it'll be a couple of weeks till we till we know everything, but um, interesting to look ahead a little bit and what the implications of this weekend uh, in the WCHA. It was, and I watched a little bit of the um, Minnesota Wisconsin series as well, and I just, I I don't I. Don't I? I'm just not sold on Minnesota, and especially you know this last weekend, Abby Murphy might be the best goal scorer in the country, but God, does she make so many dumb penalties? Just eclipsed the 100 mark uh, for penalty minutes. Took all three penalties in the four uh, nothing loss, um, and I think just I think there's just sometimes where you know she, you you get all the goals scoring, but you get just she loses her cool loses her temper and you you just she just ends up putting her team in a hole because nobody else i mean yeah you got a couple of standout players there but nobody is on her caliber and i mean even if you're putting you know in that four or five matchup wherever it's going to be if you have colgate in minnesota i'm going to lean colgate on that one um i'm going to lean whoever gets the home game there I agree with you. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of the Gophers in terms of I think they're vulnerable. But Colgate's shown some bumps in the road here recently, too. And so I would think that whoever gets home ice is going to have a big advantage. I mean, that that wasn't the idea. Wisconsin went into Colgate last, last year and beat them in the regional final. So it's certainly doable. But home ice, I think, in the women's side, especially with them playing on campus for – the regionals or I don't know if they still call them regionals, but 
taking a page out of our somewhat uh, of our of our preferred um, system they do campus regionals for the uh before the frozen four mm-hmm. so uh yeah it, it yeah well it's likely going to be the matchup again it could be even clarkson if, if colgate ends up winning the ecac tournament clarkson could could slide down into that position but it looks like gophers aren't going to be any lower than fifth but if Duluth sweeps them for instance that could make things a little bit more interesting but um Duluth was swept by the Gophers earlier this year up in Duluth and uh, mentioning just the one win this year against the top three, a game that they won in Madison against the Badgers. If they want to improve their position, winning a game here at Ritter this weekend would go a long way towards that. But I don't know. I, for as much as I, I am bearish on the Gophers, I'm more so uh, bearish on the bulldogs I, i'm mixing my animal metaphors here but <laughs> um the you know Duluth doesn't really impress me very much either i mean they got a good no. defense but good defenses are a dime a dozen in women's college hockey it's the ability to score the puck that's what's at a premium and that's why we see teams like wisconsin and ohio state do as well as they can gophers can be propped up because they just they have a really good top line the depth might not be there scoring wise but they've got They've got three players that the Huskies would die to have um, yeah. on, a, on a top line. And yeah, it makes it even more annoying when Abby Murphy is just a uh, hateable player as, as were the case, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I forgot too. So ECAC tournament is starting this weekend. So the regular season is done there and on the top four seeds get buys and it's just single, single elimination games this weekend. And yeah, Quinnipiac really the only team that that's going to affect. They play Harvard, who's terrible, so they shouldn't break a sweat against them. But we'll see, because I think Quinnipiac's eventually going to play St. Lawrence or Cornell. Uh, I think Cornell is who they would, would draw in the, uh, in the first round or the second round. I don't know what they call it. I think the first, this, this next weekend is like the play-in round. I don't know exactly how they call it. But when they play the full series... Uh, then you're going to maybe see some attrition for the ECAC teams because Quinnipiac and Cornell is going to go at it. And you're going to have, you know, games Clarkson versus Colgate and St. Lawrence. And I, I do think we're going to get some dropping of, of some ECAC teams. Um, but that really only matters if either Duluth or St. Cloud takes advantage of that and sneaks up and, and snags one of these at large spots from the ECAC teams. But I was, pretty skeptical that ECAC could pull off a five team um, representation in the NCAAs. It's becoming more and more possible, but it's another, another reason to watch the, the Duluth series this weekend to see if they can, I don't know, improve their position and improve the conference's position uh, as far as number of teams in the field. Yeah. So it's fun. It's, we're getting down to the playoffs and it's a fun time of year. Exactly. So, Keys, uh, for the Huskies, uh, score goals, please. That's, that's all really I'm asking. So, um, let's go ahead and, uh, flip over to the men's side. Uh, do you kind of want to recap? What do you want to do first? You want to just preview Western Michigan right off the hop, or do you want to just kind of go into some interesting results? You. You're, the you're the producer. 
Oh, let's uh, let's go around the country quick. Um, okay. And obviously, the big uh, the big one that really also affects the Huskies as we stay in second place. Um, and uh, obviously, we knew we were going to stay in second place, but we 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 didn't know how far behind uh, North Dakota we would be in the standings. And sure enough, we are uh, the same because North Dakota getting swept by Colorado College fairly decidedly um o- over the weekend and uh big uh big surprise uh when it comes to that and also kind of made me feel maybe a little bit better um in our result against Colorado College even though we didn't play you know that great um but you know at least able to get uh an overtime win out of it uh is something that was uh, desperately needed uh for us and as far as the pairwise goes Yes, agreed. But it it makes on the flip side, it makes the um, failure to get more points than you did against North Dakota. That's true. More stinging. Um, and I mean, I was kind of wanting Dakota to win that game on Saturday. Yeah, big big deal there was CC was able to. So they went four and zero against Dakota this year. Mm-hmm. I like to put an asterisk there because two of those are in overtime, but <laughs> whatever. It's a conversation for another day. Um, but because of that, they're going to win that comparison against North Dakota, no matter what. So they've locked that comparison win against North Dakota. Whereas if Dakota would have won one of these games, it would have maintained North Dakota winning that comparison. So it hurts the Huskies from the standpoint of not only did Colorado College jump you in the pairwise, but they picked up one of these comparisons that they've lost because they're not going to pick up the Augustana comparison. I was looking around at that. They would need to, or no, that one's that one. They can't flip the Arizona state one. They can, but that would, that one require them to sweep Denver coming up, which, you know, they're red hot. I'm not going to put it aside that against them. But if they sweep Denver, I think that they can flip that one, but that's, somewhat of a long shot as well. So with them picking up some of the inability to flip the Augustana um, comparison, it's just in that bubble area where St. Cloud is, has been teetering on for most of the season. You just don't want to have some good results from those teams and, and Colorado college vaunted vaulted them in the standings. And so, um, I wasn't really rooting for North Dakota that bad. I just kind of assumed that they would win on getting their butt kicked on Friday. We've seen this before, like the, the game where Cranola scored the, uh, the Michigan style goal, like, and then they came back and won the next game. I was uh, kind of assuming it was going to be, well, here we go. It's North Dakota going to win, but not to be. Um, And our guy uh, person, in net for North Dakota. <laughs> Another not very good weekend. He's below 90% in a save percentage now, um, which um, puts a little crimp in the, uh, in the Superman narrative. Uh, and he is now, I was checking, I gotta make sure it's yeah, fifth tied for 59th in the country out of 84 qualifying goalies in save percentage. Uh, sandwiched right in between the two Harvard goalies. And uh, it's not a good position to be in, in this this year. Uh, 
He's a tick ahead of a Sacred Heart starter. That's your guy, Chase Clark. That's, that's my guy. So, uh, and in in conference, he's really been struggling all year. Really, from the first weekend in conference play, putting on or giving up ten goals in five periods of work this weekend. Um, ain't going to do very. It's not going to do well for the for those numbers. Uh, yeah, not a ton of these were his fault, and that, that's another sting and think because he, he was doing the same rebound thing against the Huskies, but the Huskies weren't able to to capitalize. Yeah, when they played them, it's like that could have so easily been the Huskies in that series this weekend that in January when they played them. It's just frustrating because those have been huge wins, and it was right there for the taking, but. Um, you know, I guess you can't uh, look back on it too much. It's you just got to look forward. But I would say certainly the biggest surprise of the weekend that CC making as big of a jump as they did. I think they were 18th going into the weekend, um, and now jumping the tide. Yeah, tied for 11th, but they, they would were, be 11th based on RPI. Uh, yeah, they were. They were 17th. Yeah, 17th. Whereas I, you know, it's. New Hampshire, your guys, uh, your boys, um, sweeping. How Maine. many boys do I have? These are all your, <laughs> your faves. Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. You've been on their bandwagon all year. All year I have been. New Hampshire was your darling in October, and you've stuck yeah. with them. You've been faithful. University of No And Hartford. they go ahead, and they, they go out and sweep Maine mm-hmm. with similar to CC, kind of convincing scores there, but they they don't move up hardly any. I don't know where they were. You, you're usually good at tracking like the history of pairwise within the season. I don't know where, where was New Hampshire? Cause I, I feel like they were right there at 17, maybe 18 or 19. I'm sure. They probably moved up a little bit, but they were at 16. New Hampshire was at 16 and then they swept Maine and went back a spot. And they went back a spot. <sighs> How's that? How's that for a system? Yeah. But so, yeah, go figure. But the other kind of bubble teams right around St. Cloud's position, some fairly decent uh, results for the Huskies uh, from the Huskies standpoint. You had Cornell tie Yale, at which dropped them below the Huskies. Uh, they they had the RPI edge on the Huskies going into the weekend, but that uh, tie to Yale, who's pretty down there in the pairwise, really kind of hurt Cornell. So... And then UMass uh, gets swept uh, against BC. They played on Sunday, uh, Friday, Sunday, home and home. Watched most of that Sunday game. It was an entertaining game. Um, and it looked like it was 2 nothing right away for BC and then it looked like they were just going to run away with it. But then UMass, that's just a weird team. I, I was saying this in October too. Like their metrics are not great as far as possession. They usually get outshot. Uh, this game, they were it was like two to one getting out shot, but they were they're an opportunistic team. They kind of remind me of Omaha back in the day, back in like the Ortega years, where it seemed like they would get outplayed a lot, outshot, but they'd be able to pounce on the opportunities that they got. And UMass was able to get a lead and then tied it up. BC tied it up. UMass gets a lead again in the third period, getting some penalty trouble, which uh, did not please Carvel. <laughs> no, he had some he had some comments on that one. And so that uh that was the main deciding factor because BC scored twice on their power play. One was a five on three, and then they scored when it was still a five on four. 
And that was a big result too, because that, that drops UMass below the Huskies as well. They were at 11 coming into the weekend. And if they would have won that game, especially being at BC, that would have, you'd think risen them a couple of spots in pairwise. So as it is, they drop and Michigan also splits against Penn state. And so they don't have, you know, they, they don't take advantage and perhaps they could have hopped the Huskies with a sweep this weekend as well. So of the, you know, other than CC, the other teams, you know, Providence played BU this weekend. Kind of, I mean, they didn't, I think they tied one of those games, kind of held serve. They're another team that's right there. Um, so, yeah, they're actually tied. CC, Providence, and SASU all at 52 comparisons right now. And so, a lot to be sorted out. And the RPI difference between, I mean, really 10th through 17 is razor thin. Yeah. And so it's anyone's ball game. Uh, nothing has been clinched obviously for any of those teams. And, but at least St. Cloud for, from that perspective, a, a somewhat positive weekend because the other te- some other teams had an opportunity to jump you and failed to do so. So yeah. I like that. I was looking at the, um, you know, as to what happened um, for New Hampshire, uh, you know, 16, uh, 47, uh, pairwise comparisons and again, 47 pairwise comparisons. So the fact that they didn't flip any after this sweep and then combine that with CC's jump up, um, is, uh, I think kind of what, uh, did them in. Yeah. And it's, you know, you see a lot of this, like, oh, my, my team, had the same results as team B, but team B rose three spots and our team didn't move any. Like, like it's, we have the pairwise, we can look at the pairwise at any time. Like, but you kind of think you've made this point before. Like it's at the end of the season. That really is like, all that matters is the, the overall math, not the one game differences. And so, yeah, I'm not saying that, uh, the pairwise is uh, rigged or anything, but uh, <laughs> they they just can they can have some quirks like that uh, when you when you look at it game to game. But keep in mind, this is just taking the entire season as as a whole. And it's clearly rigged against that. Arizona State. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to. Got to get that resume. Um, they won twenty <laughs> games this season. Uh, so it's all good. That one will never get old. Uh, some like it'll be it'll be in a couple of years. Instead of us referencing the Lowell Sun, we'll reference the Sun Devils. I and, and their Twitter account. It'll it'll be on a Wheel of Fortune before and after. It'll be the Lowell Sun Devils. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I like that. Um, uh, no, I mean if there's anything about this podcast and who we are, we're still going to reference a lot of things that are old. So oh sure, I you're going to get a fair amount of Bob Seger references. Too many, according Too to many. some listeners. <laughs> but that's just what makes this show so charming, and why you keep coming back and listening to it. Buttons for punishment. I, I, <laughs> that, I know but. that's the word. <laughs> some of those, I love those bits though. Like the like, I remember the one because sometimes they kind of grow with age. They get better with age. It's like a fine wine. Like mm. the one that I didn't really register with me at, at the time, but. I keep coming back to is the Yukon AD 
who is pissed off about them dumping Stonehill from the, oh, from the right. Pairwise yep. last year. That one is that one's gotten better as the more distance <laughs> we've gotten from it. So it's yeah, anything I mean the pairwise is like the third rail in college hockey because if you step in and criticize the pairwise, you are stepping onto it. Then you're you're inviting a a, a, a rain shower of criticism mm-hmm. when you do so if if you just say like my team is not doing well in the pairwise so the system needs to be changed anything that in, that sort of uh approaches that uh is bound for comedy gold woden is going to be uh sharpening his pencil right, right away oh i'm i'm assuming he's got a whole box of sharpened pencils <laughs> and he's ready to go this is his time of year this is when he this is when he shines <laughs> The brightest. This, this, is, this is his moment. Like, <laughs> he wakes up. He's like, I've been summoned. <laughs> oh, so, um, let's talk about Western, huh? Um, again, another instance. Speaking of Woden, uh, CHN has that game listed at seven thirty. That has been changed to seven uh, for the Friday game. Uh, so keep in mind oh, on good. that. Uh, thank you for letting me know. Hey, I, I'm a man of the people. I, I, I never, to... I've gotten burned too many times through CHN. So I, I like Google the official team schedules now. I, I don't, cause like, I don't know if it's my app is weird, but it's still like, we'll list games at 5 PM. And I'm like, I know that's not correct. You'd think that it wouldn't be this difficult. And it wasn't this difficult in years past, but we have gotten into the the app regression era. <laughs> it was more reliable five years ago. Why? Why is that? But oh, so thank you for letting me know because I was. That's actually was Taylor a, Swift's a next album. It's the app regression era. That's her next <laughs> era's tour that she's going to be going on. Is app regression? So I look forward to that. <laughs> Um, uh, Western, uh, and, uh, Huskies have won a four last five against Western swept them earlier this season in a surprise sweep, um, in Kalamazoo back when we were flying, you know, high on the Molinar train. I don't know if he even scored throughout that series. I should double check, but, um, I think he did. I'm just doing it off memory. I think he did. Yeah, he he did in the first, in the uh, Saturday game, the three nothing win. Okay, VT Ashan and Molinar. That's right. So, um, so it's been kind of interesting here for for Western. Um, you know, they went through that stretch there in January. Um, started with a loss to Miami. They lost to Minnesota Duluth and then the two overtime losses to Colorado college. Then a loss to Denver had a tough go of it. Um, able to then spank Denver and Omaha uh, before losing in overtime to Omaha in the second game. Um, so it's have, seeing these two teams, uh, kind of battle it out again. Uh, this time at home where the Huskies actually haven't been incredibly impressive at home as much as they have been in years past. So um, it, it's going to be kind of another matchup where we've seen this team before uh, Granger and Went um, have been uh, really leading the team. 
Um, Bump has been a good uh, addition for them um, as well. Cameron Rowe has been solid, um, although Husky seemed to get his number. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how this weekend goes. What are you kind of looking forward to out of this Husky squad? Yeah, Western, a, a kind of a weird season. We've we've mentioned you know, a couple of weeks ago this the the it was a Charmin non-conference schedule, and we're kind of wondering how well you know they've basically been at like ten in the pairwise for three months. It seems mm-hmm. like there's been little little movement there, um, even with kind of a, a a cake non-conference schedule and as it is a below five hundred conference mark. Um, Keep in mind, though, they've been terrible in overtime. So 0-5 in overtime. So 17-10-1, but that's counting five overtime losses. So just five regulation losses for them this year. Again, keep in mind the 10 games of non-conference couldn't have been any easier. I guess it could have. And that's like not hyperbole. Stonehill, right. <laughs> Stonehill would be worse. So I guess there is a I lower. Uh, Although, I mean, we completed the circle of suck uh, with Lindenwood losing to Stonehill. So if you want to use that transitive property. Yeah. And so Lindenwood at third to last, Ferris, Effin State at second to last, and they played them as well. Uh, Western did. I can't believe we lost them in the regional. <laughs> like, what a. Uh, that's, anyway. and that's not even the the worst of them that's that's the worst thing because he still got air force and aic i think air force was of those three teams i think air force was higher than ferris was and aic they were like in the mid-20s i think in pairwise i guess we can check that but um yeah no excuse to lose any of those games but anyway i don't know why we're inflicting ptsd on us uh but uh yeah so western as you mentioned, real good top line. Um, and, and Frischweiler has been able to do this in his three years. It's been an entirely different top line in each of these three years. But 40 points total for all three of them last year, that was McAllister, Pollen, and Sasson. And then the year before, he actually had two 30 plus point scores from the point in 21, 22 Adder and Joyo, mm-hmm. but that was when he had war, war ad and Frank, Frank was the uh, nationwide leader in, in goal scoring that year, 26 goals. And I think Pollen was also on that line as well. Not all 40 points there, but you know, an average of high thirties between those three lines. And so completely different uh, personnel, uh, but he's been able to reload, um, and this year is no different. I mean, he he was active in the transfer portal and to good effect with that Colangelo coming over from Northeastern, putting up a great year for them at 35 points. Um, Constantini, they got him from North Dakota. Bad year for North Dakota last year, just with three points in 25 games. But he's put in a 24-point season this year uh, for them. And so uh, Cassetti from Miami, they got him. He's been con- contributing a little bit here and there for them as well. And so, yeah, they they get they have quality uh, top line, which the Huskies were able to shut down in November. Big key for them to sweep that series. Um, they're an old team. I mean, Zach Galambos uh, from the point, he is going to be turning 27 in May. So 
uh yeah he can he can already run for congress <laughs> so congressman galambos I'll, let's start the uh campaign for him but uh so they got some gold golden oldies cameron rosie mentioned he's gonna play in net the, this weekend why do i know that because he's played every single second for western this year no backup goaltender action at all and so and he's had a decent year i mean 912 save percentage isn't gonna light the world on fire but for the nchc kind of does um he's i think right there Embarico is kind of staking his claim as kind of the clear top goalie in the conference but uh but rose had a good year as well Again, propped up a little bit with that non-conference schedule. Keep that in mind. But yep. of late, he's been pretty good uh, for them. Um, but as you mentioned, Huskies were able to get two wins uh, against Rowe in November. And they go back to him, some history with him with Wisconsin. Um, they've had some success uh, with Rowe and Ned. It's hopeful that that continues. I mean, it's a big stretch for Western Michigan in their schedule. They got back-to-back series here at St. Cloud and then at North Dakota. And so big road test here for them. And they've been better on the road. We mentioned, you know, Huskies kind of been struggling at home this year. Western, we kind of think of Lawson as, as a uh, house of horrors. And it has been for the Huskies of late, other than, you know, this is the first year they'd won a game there in several years. Um, but they've been better on the road this year. Um, uh, Western has. And so something about getting away from the lunatics is has been, uh, the recipe for success for Western. And so uh, it's going to be a, a, a challenge, that's for sure. But I think with the Huskies uh, having success with this Broncos team in, earlier in the season, uh, it's a big weekend. I, As you mentioned, to kind of start this conversation, Penrose is kind of back into play. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was sort of writing that off already. Mm. Um, but uh, and I still think it, you know, they're just one point behind. I still think North Dakota they're likely going to have any tiebreaker over the Huskies as well because they don't play two series this year. The first tiebreaker will be regulation wins with which North Dakota still has the advantage uh, over the Huskies on, I think by three regulation wins. Um, I don't know, just the one. So that's possible, I suppose, but I don't know. Uh, I'm less like, uh, huge on getting a Penrose. I just want this team to uh, use this, this last off weekend the success. They had in Miami kind of turning around their slump. Um, we, we need at least a win here this weekend. And it, if yeah. not more than that, uh, you got Western, you got Denver coming up both top 10 teams. So it's not something where you need to sweep, but that would really and that would really be good. Um, then he got Duluth to, to end the regular season. I'm thinking kind of like four and two is kind of what you want to do in these last six games. However you get it, I think. Um, but that would mean not not having a winless weekend like you had for, what, eight games in a row or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, getting a regulation win or two this weekend. Um would go a long way towards cementing the status of them being in the tournament. It's not going to be easy, but I think that this is a good matchup for St. Cloud. And I think that, um, I don't know. I'm as confident, I think as it can be is this, this team has not been great in the second half of the year, but 
I don't know. For some reason, I, I feel good about this weekend. Um, do do you share my optimism? Um, what are you feeling? I, I'm I'm hesitant. I I I, I want to say a split. I know that's boring. Split probably feels like the the most likely uh, outcome. It's it's the uh, three to two us show prediction norm is like oh it'll be a split. It's I I just it's really puzzling to me about our our home and away record. I mean at home six five and three, um, whereas on the road we're eight four and two. Um, so it's. You know, this, 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 I don't know. I just, something about it here is I, I, I don't know what we're going to get in net. Posh started last game, um, played well. Uh, Bassey, I don't know what we're going to get with him. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of wonder where, where we're at with that and if we're going to split time again or if we're going to just kind of ride Pat Bassey here for the rest of the season. Um, I happen you know, to think Bassey gets the start on Friday, but I don't think it's set in stone that he'll get both of these games. Success against Western earlier this year, mm-hmm. shut him out the last time he played him. And so I'd expect him to start on Friday, but I don't think anything is taken for granted other than that. And yeah. I, I would kind of be in favor of seeing Posh on Saturday, kind of no matter what the, result is on friday i like that idea so it's but other than that top line western doesn't really scare me that much so i'm not too concerned about you know their depth coming back to bite us or anything along those lines so it's i i just want a solid weekend coming out of a break where we just kind of take care of business and i feel like we haven't had those that type of series in a long time uh, so that's, that's the main thing I'm looking for. And that's the main thing that I, I really want to stress for the weekend and seeing the, uh, the team just play up to the potential that we've seen and get some of these guys kind of back on track as well. So, uh, you know, it's kind of sitting where we're at in the pairwise, you know, looking at the comparisons, all tied at 52 three-way tie for 52 comparisons at 11. Obviously we're in the, the back end of that with the RPI tiebreaker, but at least we control our own destiny at this point. Um, where as if we, you know, you know, again, when you were talking about how Western and Denver are ahead of us, you know, we can make some good, good comparison flips here, especially, you know, kind of what North Dakota did um, or what uh, CC did to North Dakota by sweeping them, we can do the same here and try to get that comparison from, from Western. And and, and that I, I hope is kind of looming large to really solidify us where we can make, you know, maybe a similar jump up in the pairwise it might be a little bit harder, but, you know, I, I just, this is not a good side, you know, the, the bubble I'm on, I'm just really nervous about. Uh, and, and I, you know, just, just win the next game. Uh, that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping for, for, uh, for this Huskies team. Yeah. You mentioned the comparison with Western 
right now, St. Cloud is winning that comparison, which is rare if they're below them in the pairwise. Mm -hmm. But that's propped up because of the sweep in at Lawson. Uh, if you win at least one game this weekend, you will maintain. You'll maintain it. Having that comparison. Uh, and so if Western sweeps, they flip it back. So another motivation to just win, maybe you shouldn't need any more motivation than that. But, um, and if you win two games this weekend, you lock up the, the comparison against Western, no matter what. So, I mean, you can sort of ice the comparison if you take care of business this weekend. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, yeah. uh, another, another benefit to just winning. So, um, if we want to hop into anything else, men's women's related, obviously no other game to recap. So we're, we're just flying through this episode here. We're only an hour in. Well, we saw, I mean, I guess in, in conference, we, the other action was Denver and Duluth entertaining game there on Friday, the late comeback from Duluth down two goals in the last five minutes, but able to pop in a couple late and then we kind of learned maybe we knew this already. Ben Steves don't really give a crap about defense. <laughs> that three on three. <laughs> the best part about that was right after uh, Thompson scores for Denver, uh Stayskull looks back at Steves and just gives him a what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and Steves, you can tell Steves is kind of like, oh come on, man. I thought Stayskull was was complaining to the refs for some reason but no after i watched it a few times he's clearly calling out steve's, clearly, yeah. steve's for a guy, I, I don't know what he was doing yeah but. steve's lost his guy and then decided to just abandon them like not even lost them just like uh, i just, think he was he was setting up for a cherry pick pass because i mean he puts up the uh he's got the cy young season going again i think 20 21 and 7 i think is this the goals to assist ratio and yeah in overtime it's like Labo CC. It's these guys sniff the uh, sniff yeah. the breakaways, but you can't get a breakaway when the other team is, has the uh, puck. has a skater <laughs> who's going full bore towards your net and is going to score. Yep. So, well, and then he cha uh, channeled all of that into a ten minute misconduct um, when you know your team needs them because you're the only goal scorer pretty much on that Duluth team. And then gets chewed out in the media from Sandlin. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I didn't on. see that. I uh, I mean, I just watched. I mean, I was mostly watching the North Dakota game on Saturday, but uh, flipping it because I saw Denver got out to a three nothing lead like five minutes into that game. Mm -hmm. But then you know Duluth got got Duluth back got three back. to two, yeah. and so I was kind of watching it a little bit, flipping back and forth. But then when D Denver pulled away, I sort of just kept it on the CC North Dakota game. But I was just, I, it, cause it does seem like the wheels are kind of falling off for Duluth and about GD time. Uh, <laughs> I did not see that though. Tell me more about uh, Sandlin uh, after the game. Yeah. I'm trying to get to Sissy's uh, quote on it. Uh, but it basically had. Uh, something along the lines of, you know, it's just this, like he, like a disrespect to the program type line. What was, so I missed the penalty. 
it's just a 10 minute mis misconduct at the 12 minute mark of the third. And so was it just yep. complaining to refs? What, what was the Correct. nature of, of the call? Okay. So he, um, let's see, let me get the box score up quick to try to jog my memory of what happened. Um, so, uh, Mangini got a hitting from behind penalty and that he mouthed off the refs and got a 10 minute misconduct. So Steve's went into the penalty box to serve it. And then either like right as he got out of the penalty yeah. box, after seconds serving after. it, yep. went to the ref, jawed at the ref and the ref gave him a 10 minute misconduct. So oh, apparently really? him and, Mangini had like a really interesting conversation in the penalty box and Steve's maybe just wanted to continue it. <laughs> Be like, let's go back to that. Hold on. Uh, give me a couple seconds. I'm going to get a 10 minutes. We'll, we'll go ahead and do that. So. Um, Sandlin said, I get some of it, but I'm sorry if they don't learn, that's not going to bode. Well, I don't care about the winning and the losing. You know what? You don't ever disrespect the program. Wow. I mean, again, to your 20 goal scorer on the season and the only guy who consistently scored to say that he's a disrespects the program. That's uh, whew, that, that's some words there. Yeah. I should say it was 21 and seven last year, 21 goals, seven assists, oh. 22 and eight. This oh, year. 22 and eight. There we go. So that's some real Tom Seaver numbers. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's uh, that was kind of interesting, and yeah, who knows what you know Sandlin too is kind of thinking when it comes to all that, if or if he's just like, yeah, I don't know, clearly not, uh, you know, season hasn't gone how he expected, and and now you know clearly frustrations are mounting there, higher than the lift bridge. I wished I hope that this is like the start of like a long drought for them several years long i know they got like supposedly have like a decent recruiting class coming in next year but i mean considering they were getting every conceivable break for about seven straight years there <laughs> they need like an equal to maybe like double that amount of reverse luck just to, to balance it out a little bit you're never going to get the three natties back but some cosmic justice would would go a long way towards warming my heart, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and then just kind of one run through the standings quick. You know, North Dakota, 37 points. St. Cloud, 36. CC has uh, leaped up to 33. Denver, 31. Uh, interesting that they're sitting fourth in the, uh, in, in the standings. Yeah. Um, whereas they're very high up in the polls. Uh, and then Western at 29. So Omaha's at 23, Minnesota Duluth at 21, and then Miami's in the cellar. Um, Everything else, I mean, so like, Miami's Miami's the only kind of locked in position. Yeah, you know, every other every other place in the standings is is up to grabs. It's it's fun. Can we clinch home ice this weekend or not? You are playing the fifth place team we're and you're the seven points teams, up. Seven points up. If we're up, got, I mean, there's 12 points left after this weekend, right? Uh, let's see. There, well, there's 18 points total. So 
Uh, that's too much math. <laughs> I don't think they can clinch it, but I mean, I guess if they were to get six, that would be 42 and Western would have 29, 29. There's yes, only 12 actually, points left after that. Yeah. So if you sweep them, so, yes. Even if Omaha also sweeps, because they would be a 29 as well. So yeah, you're right. If they sweep, they uh, would they would clinch a home ice position. Thanks. I, I, the math wasn't as as daunting uh, as I thought it was. wasn't as daunting as as. as well, let me get so. quick. Uh, don't think, just say it. Is Colorado College going to make the NCAA tournament? I mean, to be fair, I Alex, didn't say. It. Don't think don't, about it. Just yes think. or no? No. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I, I think I. I don't know. I don't even know why I say that. Um, but I, I, they've proven me wrong throughout that's, that's their, their hot run here. Now, and they do have, have they do guest. have the. We did yeah. have a guest on the show that flat out uh, at the beginning of the season said that uh, CC was going to make the tournament. Who and that was, was Alex that? Fern. Alex did. Said that CC was going to make the tournament. Yep, exactly. And that was in our preseason. That was in our preseason at the hour show. 42 mark. Wow. So uh, I will have to go back and listen to that. Thank you. Yep. yep. He, he flat out said CC um, was uh, was going to be the third team. So the the three teams were Denver, St. Cloud, and CC. So so he was on that train. My gut says no. Apparently, um, I, I just feel. Why like do you say that? I I feel like something's going to happen where they're going to like just with the run that they're on right now. I, I think maybe they're just hitting it too early, you, you know, kind of like your horse so you, racing. They're, they're gonna, yeah, okay, you're, they're you're, they're they're quick out take, of the gate here, but they're yeah. gonna lose steam. So, I think so, this weekend's this weekend's a big big one for them. I remember last year, yeah. last year it was we we did the same thing with Omaha, and we're like, because they were threatening either second or third, and they surprising they weren't supposed to be that high last year, and they went out to CC. Uh, a CC team that was towards the bottom of the standings. And we're kind of like, all right, Omaha, like prove it, prove that you're worthy of the top half of the conference. And I think they got swept that weekend at CC. And we're like, Mm -hmm. well, see, I mean, that's what you get. Now this is CC going to Omaha. Um, And Omaha is not a bad team, but they are bottom half of the league. And this weekend would go a long way for me to say, you know what, CC, I think they are, for real. And they're going to make it. I should say too. I mean, they do have the best goalie in the conference. I think we can agree on that. Correct. And part of the, uh, not regression, but progression to the mean, because when they're playing St. Cloud mentioned this 10% power play. Uh, well, they've been able to, to work out some of those kinks, namely with four power play goals in the Friday game against North Dakota, four goals for that wisdom. Um, Zachary himself. Mm-hmm. And a, and a couple of those on the power play. So, I mean, it's, you, you can't stay at 10% their, their power play. So, you know, throughout the entire season, you, that was bound to, to go more towards the average. So if they can get, if they can figure out their power play as it looks like they, they did not know power play goals on Saturday for them. But uh, if they can work out those kinks, uh, that'll go a long way for them to be legit. And if they get some more depth scoring other than that top line with Lava and, and Wisdom and Remyev, uh, if they can get some depth scoring and if Berko keeps playing as good as he, he is, they certainly can. I just, my, 
I've been bearish on them all year and I, I'm going to do that uh, still. Um, Cause you look at this team. I mean, they, they were, they went through a, a dry spell there in the first half, you know, they went six games, six game home losing streak early in the season, got swept against Western Michigan. They got pounded by Denver six to one and five to one that lost that Augustana game that we've mentioned is still hurting them because mm-hmm. it's dropping that comparison to them. And so, you know, and their non-conference wins to, up to that point union, Long Island's not going to really turn many heads, uh, winless series against Arizona state, Arizona state's best wins this year, best results in terms of pairwise, uh, is that CC series where, Two to two tie and a two nothing. They win did for take Sundays. care of Minot. Which, let's, yes, let's that's what really that. got them. You know, <laughs> and then they beat the Gophers at split them at Mariucci. It's really been a second half. This is kind of yeah. like the the old North Dakota formula where they kind of that's true ho hum first half and uh, but then turn it on the second half. And if yeah, they got three more series to go and. It's winnable. You got Omaha and Duluth in the next two series. And then you finish up with Denver. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. Probably, probably. Do we, do we have the, um, the, uh, matrix? I, I, I should check that. CHN pairwise probability matrix. Which, uh, we, we should also, uh, you know, put note that, uh, showing our surprise last week. Um, that uh, the Huskies were 74% chance to make it. We kind of also were like, yeah, we thought it was closer to 50. So 74 is really remarkable. Well, um, CHN tweeted out that, oh, it looks like there was a quote-unquote glitch uh, that happened that was causing some some bad math. Hashtag bad math. Uh, Hashtag Woden. (laughs) So... Uh, when that was fixed and recalculated, uh, we were at uh, about what well, we're at fifty four fifty four. Just checking it right now, they've dipped to forty six percent. Huskies CC up to seventy six percent. Now these go, they do their matrix, their probability simulations based on Cratch, uh, which is a, a rival RPI. Uh, formula and so like it's counting umass as still 12th place because they're higher in cratch than they are in pairwise it's just you know it, it's a probability matrix it doesn't mean it's the be all and end all but so i guess this past weekend did kind of dip st cloud's uh, fortunes a little bit down to below 50 percent and cc really did a lot to their for, for their chances um up to 76 percent but that's just a number, but it gives it gives you the idea. Yeah, CC is more than likely going to make the tournament, but we're still both selling on CC. Let's yeah. uh, see how uh, that uh, prediction turns out. Yeah, right. It's, I mean, ju- judging by the range of where CC falls, because I like to look at like where they could fall within the pairwise, um, and seeing you know, kind of co- Colorado College. You know, they've got quite a few, you know, their biggest percentile when it comes to it is kind of that 12%, you know, in the 10, 11 range, which would be safe. Um, and, you know, it kind of goes down from there as you get further back. 
and that's just where you know St. Cloud our 12%, you know, is kind of around that 14 mark, which is, you know, still really on the bubble when we're looking at um you know, obviously uh, CCHA is going to take one, Atlantic Hockey is going to take one, and then depending on ECAC as well, um what's happening there um if it's not Quinnipiac um you know, that's, uh, could take, you know, that could be another one too. So, I mean, that's where we're moving that cut line ever so closer, um, closer up, but that's where, again, you know, running some possibilities here and looking at the, you know, I kind of look at, there's another site that I look at every once in a while, um, that's playoffstatus.com, and I kind of look at what their rankings are and what we're looking at, and it's pretty much the same. Um, but they have us at actually a 52%, but 100% if we win out minus the conference final. And that's kind of the main thing that I look at is that we can still control our own destiny when it comes to where we sit. And I think we've got the team to do it we just need everything to kind of click for us which it's been kind of touch and go here in the second half yeah so you're looking at like it, uh, the matrix the percent for the at large so that's like through like it has 0.0% for Notre Dame Penn State and Duluth so that means there's like 0.00001% chance but for all for all intents and purposes, it's the top 20 in pairwise that is still alive for an at-large. Anything below that, you got to win the conference tournament in order to get in. Yeah. And really above that, I mean, Arizona State, 0.7% chance, and they're at 18. Omaha at 2% chance for an at-large. Northeastern at 1% chance for an at-large. So really, you got to think the top 17 with New Hampshire and up is your real contenders for the at-larges. And yeah, so that, that means making, being able to make the tournament without winning the conference tournament. And yeah, it's, uh, it's never going to be a, you know, it's the, every one of these games is going to be vital for St. Cloud. There's going to be no margin for error. I mean, it's not like you have to run the table, but like I said, I think four and two, the next four, uh, six games um, before the playoffs start. I think should be the standard to try to achieve, if not mm-hmm. better than that. Um, Cause I think that will include some good quality wins. It'll include some road wins, hopefully if uh, up in Duluth. And so that should be enough to not exactly be safe. I mean, this weekend too, I, cause I was watching the RPI and St. Clouds went down a little bit. Um, I was kind of curious as to why. I'm pretty sure it was because Long Island beat Alaska for rip on Friday up in Alaska. Cool. And St. Thomas lost to Bowling Green, who is uh, god awful. That's you're going to look at the uh, the end of the season if St. Cloud does not make the tournament. It is going to be chalked up to the October non-conference. Yeah, uh, that's always what's going to have held you back. Um, Alaska at 30 in pairwise Mankato, the best of the bunch, well, other than Michigan, I suppose, but in terms of the, uh, October opponents, they're the best of the bunch at 28, uh, St. Thomas at 39. I mean, you've had losses to each of those teams. St. Thomas, the only loss there was in overtime, but still not winning those games because 
the margin is not going to, whoever's the last team out, it's going to be by 0. 0.00, you know, very small oh, amount. Yeah. And if it is St. Cloud on the, the wrong side of that, you can look to any one of those losses to those three teams in particular. And that's likely going to be the difference. So, but can't do anything about that now. Uh, what you can do is you can go out and sweep uh, Western and clinch home ice and uh, go a long way towards um, securing a spot in the tournament. So, I mean, I guess looking at this, can I change my answer when it comes to Colorado College? I, I wanted I a in? gut reaction. I didn't want you to okay. think about it too much. And I didn't, I didn't look at that number either in the matrix um, prior to me agreeing with you that they're going to be out. Who knows? We, we could be wrong because we often are. So we'll have to see yeah, at the I end, don't think end of so. the year. I don't think that would so. be a good one for Alex Fern, though. You should have put some money on that. Uh, this start of the season could have made, I bet that would have been a good, some good odds there. I, I can't, I can't take a college kid's money. I mean, that's no, just... not you. It seems draft Kings or oh, okay. some, some, some Vegas uh, outfit. My, my next bet, um, my next college bet, I'll talk to Alex Fern first and make sure, make sure he's okay I, with it. And then I haven't put any bets down lately and Caesars, which is the app that I have my money on. They don't even do, regular season college hockey games. Um, I should try somewhere else, but I'm glad I didn't because if I, I would have bet on North Dakota to win that Saturday game. I was like, I <laughs> yeah. guarantee you they're going to win that game. And it was looking all right. They had the lead there the first period, but I would have lost money. Like I well, know they when I, like when I bet. damn near dominated that first period too, like with chances and shots and everything else. But the Tigers and that, roared back. <laughs> as I said, I was vaguely, rooting for them and that alone made me want to take, take a shower because it's just, it's gross it's ugly it's you don't want to have to root for them yeah. and, and so at the end of the day yeah i would have preferred cc not making as big of a jump as they did but if it comes at the expense of uh of north Dakota, i you know it's i'm not going to complain too much uh questions uh, Dan Jacobson, uh, do you have your, uh, Tigger Stoom, uh, costume, your, your Tigger costume ready for the NCHC frozen face off? Uh, last year, a lot of Duluth fans dressed up as, uh, you know, dressed up like Tigger and, uh, went as CC Tigers fans and really just pretended no, I don't know if pretended is the right word, but anytime they were asked if they were from Colorado Springs, they just said yes, and they just went along with it and just made up stories. So um, they also did that, you know, back at the Target Center, too, They um, when the uh, Huskies were playing Miami Red Hawks. Uh, they dressed up as Red Hawks and said caw everywhere. Ugh. Ugh. And I'm pretty sure they got kicked out of a section too. Jan- Dan Jacobson could talk more about that. Um, so uh, very much uh, they will uh, represent some of our underrepresented uh, teams. He's assuming that CC is making the frozen faceoff. He definitely is. So, so. we'll, yeah. I guess he'll have to root. What if what if CC plays Duluth in the playoffs first round? 
Is he going to be wearing his Tigger stoom <laughs> right there when he's watching? Uh, maybe he'll go to Colorado Springs and wear wear that while rooting for the Bulldogs. There you go. The, so therefore, he he's going to win no matter what. So that's <laughs> yes, yes, he will. Well, he's a Duluth fan, so <laughs> he always wins at the end of the day, except this year. Uh, Clint, is CC uh, playing that well, or is North Dakota finally coming back to earth? Um, I, you know, kind of a boring answer. I think it's a little bit of both, but I mean, the fact that I'm happy that we're finally seeing person for what he is like, and that have, I've said forever is that I've always thought he was an overrated goalie. And especially this weekend, he looked abysmal. Um, Sloshman tweeted out um, his in stats of expected goals against, and I think it was like four and three. Uh, so the fact that he gave up so many, um, yeah, is just kind of telling. And, you know, I, obviously I think North Dakota is still a team to kind of, kind of reckon with, but I do, I've always thought they were overrated, especially when the Huskies played them. Um but I, I do think, yeah, CC is playing right now. They really frustrated St. Cloud State, but I think I think the gas is going to run out for them here shortly. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. I remember, like, prior to this weekend, I mean, the season's not over, but Inverico went a long way towards uh, solidifying his goalie of the year status for the NCHC. Like, let's say North Dakota split this weekend or North Dakota was, you know, got the majority of the points. I would almost, it's kind of like a Corona situation where the narrative and the veteranness drove the uh, narrative last year for him to win the goalie of the year. I was almost willing to bet that person was still going to win goalie of the year, just because it's been the narrative since, since he got to North Dakota that, Oh, they finally picked up a good goalie, solved their problem. Um, And I I was sort of, it it was, (laughs) it was looking that way because when the Richter, this is the Richter award, not the conference goalie of the year honor, but, when the Richter watch list was announced, that was like the beginning of of January. Uh, there was four NCHC goalies on it and Barico was not one of them. And person was, uh, then fast forward to this last week where the semifinals, the top 10. So that watch list doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's not like you have to be on that list in order to advance to the semifinalists. Because the top 10 were announced and Embarico is, is on that list. Person's obviously not because people have finally seen, yeah, 59th in the country in, in save percentage. Ain't I think the it. watch list was literally a benchmark of you have to have these stats. And I think Embarco was just under on one of those stats. It, it there might so, yeah, you might so be right. So it was something kind of like that where like a technicality it's like oh here's the watch list but they like literally did two filters and was like that's everybody on the watch list yeah there there was 32 goalies on the watch list you gotta you gotta meet some academic standards minimum gaa or no gaa and say percentage standards yeah but so i'm surprised because 
I know Embarico had, like I said, that first half of the year, he, he wasn't putting up great numbers. So it's possible at the halfway point of the year, he wasn't, he wasn't eligible on that. But I person since the conference slate has started has not been, it's like 880 something in conference save percentage all year, basically. So I was just uh, worried that the, the narrative was going to be too, too much to pass up. But I think the the wins, the success on the ice, because we thought Embarico should have won goalie of the year last year, mm-hmm. um, even with a, a bad win-loss percentage because his team wasn't very good. Even Lacozzi, I thought, had a better year than Krona did. Um, he was the other finalist. Uh, but um, it seems like, again, winning winning does a lot to turn around those kind of narratives. And, and CC, to their credit, has put themselves in, in the spot where they're getting – they're getting due respect, not exactly from us, but I still respect them. I just say, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's not going to happen this year, but I could very well be wrong. Um, I think that was it for questions. Uh, the other one was uh, actually about Carble and complaining about the referees. <laughs> so, we touched, we on, touched that. on that. Uh, yes. We touched on that just a little bit. We jumped the gun a little bit on that one. So, um, perfect. So uh, that about does her uh, on this on this uh, lightning fast episode. So, um, catch me at more clappers. M O A R more clappers. Uh, Andrew, you can find him at Andrew at greenground.net. and then also with email huskies hockey podcast at gmail.com either one of those will put you in touch with me perfect sounds good thank you everybody for listening until next time go huskies woo woo